0: And peace is a description of the fruit of the Spirit and it comes from Galatians. Wasn't that a great introduction, Laura and the kids? Just great. So peace comes from Galatians and we're just going to read through the passage. Sorry, it was almost an insurance claim. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. Can everybody say forbearance? Forbearance. Forbearance. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So the idea of this series is that the best way to live our life, if we were to live our life and it was to look like a plate, then all of the fruits of the Spirit, the way that we describe the fruit of the Spirit would be on that plate. That's the best way to live with those nine attributes in all aspects of our life. In our discipleship, in our family life, work life, in our witness, in everything about who we are to live by the Spirit. We're going to take a passage from 2 Kings chapter 4 and I want to show you how this links to peace, the aspect of the fruit of the Spirit that we're looking at this morning. First of all, it's important to recognize that from Galatians 5... In verse 24, it speaks about Christ Jesus crucified. Jesus was the atonement sacrifice for us, once and for all, for all time. He, he, he was the sacrifice that, that created peace between us and God. In Leviticus chapter 3 and chapter 7, it talks about the different offerings that Uh, in the ancient Near East, they would bring before God. One of those particular offerings was called the offering of peace. It was a particular offering known as the Shalomim. Now, Shalomim sounds a lot lot like Shalom. Shalom is peace but it's much more than peace. If you wanted to have peace with God, if you wanted to respond in appreciation of the peace of God or, or you wanted to know that you know that you know that you have peace with God, you would go about this particular offering. A part of it would be burnt on the altar, but then the rest of it would be shared with your community, with your family in a meal. So the result of undertaking and entering into this sacrifice was one of faith, but it was also one of practice faith and practice. It wasn't faith just left as a word, it was practiced. And the practice of faith was also, very importantly, in community. The meal was shared with others. Jesus overcame sin and He gave us the Holy Spirit. And so the fruit of the Spirit must have something to do with Jesus overcoming sin and have something to do with peace. And so the passage goes on in Galatians and it talks about to keep in step. I want to argue today that the work of peace is step by step by step. And as Romans 12 says, that we are a living sacrifice. Not one of us is asked here to be crucified. No, Jesus has been crucified. So, how ought we live? We ought to live as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Well, to walk step by step in the fruit of the Spirit does mean, to some degree, we need to sacrifice some of our own passions and our own desires. Yet what we learn is that that fruit is the best fruit. That way to live is the best way to live. And in the end, it's not really a sacrifice. Yet it is. It's our living sacrifice, Through the process and the result of the fruit of the Spirit, in particular peace, step by step, we live our life by the Spirit. We want to tell this story now in 2 Kings, and it's the story of the woman who is in a desperate, desperate situation. Zach is going to come up and help me preach today, so why don't you come up, Zach? This story uh, is one of no peace. I want you to imagine that you have no power, you have no control, yet you're responsible for two children. Your husband has passed away, you have no status in your society, there is no social security, there is no work, you, you have no way out. Would you sleep well at night? There is nothing left in your house, How would you feel? How would you cope? And so Zach is going to read the passage. I'm going to give him a microphone. He's going to stand here. And then I'm just going to share a little bit about different parts of the passage as we go. So Zach, do you want to read this first section here?
1: The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he... Revered to the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves.
0: So we enter into this story where there is this deep loss and there is this grief. When you lose somebody, there is grief. Grief grips you and consumes you. Grief robs your peace. And then there is this fear of the future. There is a, how is my future going to be? Where, where is my income going, going to come from? And in this culture, and this day, income meant life. No income, no life. Where, where, where is my future for my children? My boys are still young. What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to me? And in a sense, if you read the passage, there is, there is a, a little bit of blame or a bit of helplessness. It's like your servant, Elisha, your servant is dead. Your servant honoured God. What's gonna, the, his creditors are now coming to take the children away. I, I am absolutely helpless. I am, I'm helpless. There's nothing that I can do. Where is the peace in this story? And Elisha responds.
1: Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said except a small jar of olive oil.
0: A small jar of oil. Nothing else in the house. Nothing. No refrigerator with cream in it for the watermelon. There is nothing in the house. What I find, though, is that Elisha grabs the idea of help and it's both inclusive and exclusive. Elisha wants the woman to be involved in some way. But there's also God's place, that God can do things that only God can do. The help that we receive is what God brings and gives to us alone. And then there's other help which we get to participate in. The help is both inclusive and exclusive. Isn't it interesting that when you're in a tough place, we we generally come from a negative place. What is it that you have in your house? Oh, I have nothing. Did you note that in the scripture? Oh, except. A little bit of oil. Isn't that interesting that when we encounter trouble and when we encounter difficulty, when our peace is robbed, there is nothing good out there. It's all not good. I have nothing. I'm empty. There is nothing for me to offer except oil. Now, oil in those days wasn't just used for pizza and barbecues. It was also used for light. So this dear woman would have lit us something small to burn away the oil, a tiny amount, so that there's a little bit of light in the night. Who knows, it can be a bit scary when you're on your own. You know, when Beck goes away and I hear noises, <laughs> and the night time, and I've got my... To- Are you laughing at me, bro? You're supposed to be my preaching buddy here. You should be praying for me now. And I grab my torch and I look around, or I get up, or I see... Well, there's a whole heap of water that comes down, and I'm a bit scared and I race out to see if the gutters are overflowing again. Peace is really hard to find. This woman would have used the oil for a bit of light. Oil also represents the spirit. The spirit is the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light. This oil has huge representation of so much more than just being a tiny, insignificant little bit of oil. No, this oil was the light of the world. This oil was the light in this woman's life. And also, if you note the peace offering in Leviticus, oil was required for the offering of peace. So this little bit of oil wasn't just a little bit of oil. It was peace. It was future. It was security. It was safety. Ah, I have nothing, but it's not true. I have a little bit of oil. Zach, read again, my friend.
1: Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars as each is filled. Put it to one side.
0: Now, can you imagine that process? Okay, my four awesome kids, can you please stand up? could you please go from row to row and try and find an empty container from your neighbours? Is that okay? Yep, stand up. Stand up, stand up. And I'm going to keep talking. While you go from row to row and find empty containers, they should be in the shape of a cup. Find your empty containers. So, for this miracle to take place, the woman and the sons had to go from neighbor to neighbor, street to street, searching out containers, searching out jars. And if anyone's got any minties and you want to put it in there, I'm happy to take that too. I love minties. You know, this woman didn't have much, but it still required her all. In fact, this piece for this woman's life required more than her all. It required something of other people. What did that take? It took faith. To enter into God's peace requires faith. Because when this woman went next door and said, can I have that cup? These cups and jars and bowls, they were were very uh, precious to people in those days. And so could you imagine what they would say if someone came to your house and knocked and said, I would like to borrow a container? What is your first response? What for? What for? And the lady would say because the prophet told me to? Yeah, but isn't that the same prophet that your husband used to be a part of and now your husband's dead? What is this jar going to be for? What are you going to use it for? It took faith, don't you think? It took a step of It took almost a, an uneasiness, like, Elisha, I'm crying out for peace and help, and you want me to do what? Peace desires our all, and it desires our obedience to follow in the steps of God. And there are distractions from our faith. And note that the word says that when they gathered all the cups, they took the cups and they shut the door. Kids, kids, action moment, action moment. They took the cups and they had to take it and close the door. And then you can walk around and come back in through the front door. I reckon that's what Elisha would have said. Now that the door is shut and now that we're not looking, they can do what they need to do with those cups and that oil. You see, isn't it amazing how our faith can be distracted when we know people are watching us, when we know people are, uh, you know, against us. Watch out for the insurance claims in that area please. And also to defend against unbelief. You know, sometimes you're with people and and they're not always saying things that encourage your faith. You know what I'm talking about. They're, they're, They're not always encouraging you in a way that you need in that moment. So they shut the door. All they had was the Word of God. All they had was these empty jars and one little Flask of oil. Let's go for it, my friend.
1: She left him and shut the door behind her and his sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing.
0: The oil stopped flowing when the jars were no more and they were all full. I want you to understand here that God's peace, the fruit of the Spirit, this peace fills our life and is designed to fill everywhere else that we can touch and reach into. God's peace is meant to flow from us and through us into every empty vessel that is around about us. And only when there is no more vessel to be found, is there no more need for that peace. Peace restores purpose. I mean, how could this woman find so many empty flasks? The job of a container is to contain. Where did all these come from? Why were they empty? God's peace restores purpose. And God's peace offers potential. Because once when I had an empty cup and there was nothing in there, and now it's full of oil, I can now do something with that. The potential that I have from God's peace is real. And this pouring is a picture of living sacrifice as she was pouring it out surely somewhere in her mind it's like is it still pouring like, and just kept doing it and just kept sacrificing it just kept pouring out and it didn't stop it kept going you see the sacrifice of Jesus is forever it's limitless there is nothing that can stop it there is nothing that, can, that it can't overcome it is, it is indestructible And so this woman's experiencing now, participating, believing, and in faith, every time she pours, something in her heart must have been restored. The peace of God must have been beginning to invade her life. But then she's not completely sure what's happened next. So,
1: Zach. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left.
0: a beautiful picture, hey? She has a super fund (laughs) and it's not invested in overseas shares, it's just cash. (laughs) (laughs) Very good, Jeremy. I want to say to you today that peace is profitable. Peace is profitable. Peace will only profit you peace will only profit your life peace is long lasting have you ever got a bit of oil on you how hard is it to get it off it's like you know you, and I wear glasses and so then I touch my glasses and I got an oily print and I can't even rub that off I've got to get my special spray stuff peace is a lifestyle this woman said sell what you have sorry was told to sell what she has and then live off the rest her lifestyle was oil Her lifestyle was the peace of God. Her lifestyle and her future was simply living in God's provision, in His peace. Peace is actually a way of living in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Just jar by jar, just filling one jar at a time, by eating one piece of fruit, by putting the torch in front of you. So my question today is, where is your jar of oil? Where's your jar of oil today? I have nothing but this jar of oil. You know, that's the same for us. What else do I have to offer, really, but the jar of oil that comes from knowing Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. The jar of oil, the eternal wellspring of oil that lives in all of us and that we can with confidence Speak the word of God and into situations believe him for a miracle so that our peace is never disturbed, our peace is never taken, our peace is never robbed, just step by step, just walking forward one step at a time, by eating the fruit just one bit at a time, by pouring out one jar at a time. But maybe in your life, maybe there's some doors you need to close. Maybe God's peace it's just robbed because your door's open. You've you've got your door open to some things that it shouldn't be open to. You know, before this passage of Scripture, Paul lists a whole bunch of things that we should not be doing. We need to close the door on those things. Maybe there's some people in your life and, and they're really destructive. I'm not saying abandon them, but don't let their words rob your peace. Shut the door on that. What do you need to shut the door on? Who can you ask for help? I asked Zach for help today. Who thinks Zach's better looking than me? Zach, I always ask for hands to be raised. I didn't ask then, and someone raised their hand. Zach, you're the man. I reckon this guy's a preacher, what do you reckon? The question is, what is your step of peace this week? Just a step, just a step, just a step. Just a step, just one step, just one piece. You see, the practice and the results of peace is like just eating beautiful pieces of fruit. It's like having oil that just keeps pouring out. It's something that you can live off for your entire life. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the fruit of the Spirit that is peace. Lord, we thank you that you made a way that we could know that we have peace with you, that Jesus came and gave his life once and for all, that that oil pours out eternally upon us. That, Lord, we are in your peace. We do know your peace. We have your peace. And so help us, Lord, not to look around in our life and see nothing, but let us just see that jar of peace, that oil that is you. Holy Spirit, I pray that in each one of us, we would take a step this week to trust your word, to put our hope and expectation in your promises that we would just take a step, that Lord, we would find a way to to enjoy just piece by piece the fruit of the Spirit, that we would do what the Word says and walk in step with the Spirit, and that Lord, your peace within each of us would move and fill many jars around about us. Help us to be your force. Help us to be a living person in time and space. Help us to be real in this world, in our community, in our workplace, in our schools, everywhere we go. Help us to be that jar of oil that is peace being poured out into so many other empty jars that desperately want to be filled. Lord, we thank you that you have given us peace. Help us this week to take a step with you And may we close the doors that need to be closed, that would rob us of peace. Everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Peace be with you.